Hey, welcome to our little show that's awfully quiet. Here's the way it works. And then I'll explain. I'll riff on stuff and you react pretty straightforward. The phone numbers. You need them more than ever right now. Trust me. 512-834-1027. Wait. The phones work, correct? I think so. Okay. That was quite a response. I think so. I think so. Okay. I just don't know who is going to be calling <laughs> and what their name is. We All can right. just blindly take them if you okay. want. Good there luck there. we go. There. Should I even give the phone number? Because I don't really like the idea of blindly taking them. But, uh, I think I'll you do, just did. Uh, I did. So... 512-834-1027, call or text. You know, if you send a text, I have no idea where or how, but if you send a text, you get a response with a smiley face emoji immediately. Now, on Twitter, now this stuff does work because I have internet access, just so you know, for whatever reason. We'll assume it's some horrific hacker out there has targeted us and wants to bring us down and has stolen all the crypto in this building you can imagine. But we are without internet, which means it sounds awfully quiet because it's awfully quiet because we can't play back anything. So it's about as raw as you can get when you're doing a radio show, which I'll be honest, isn't all that bad. So there's the explanation. Now, follow me on Twitter at Jeff Ward Show. And I don't know what your problem is <laughs> because I went all in on Twitter. For me, it's all in on Twitter, right? More than five words is a lot for me on Twitter. But the, the fact that more people are not, I don't understand how you're not outraged. So my tweet this morning, pretty early I think, or maybe it was even last night, when you don't sleep, you don't know these things. And my tweet was, arrays, question mark, pathetic. Will G. Abbott read the glowing performance review to the victim's families? Now, if you say, Jeff, what's that all about? It's all about you, the people of Texas, because the head of the DPS got a $45,000 raise. If that doesn't set your hair on fire, I don't know what does. And if you're confused why we would be outraged that the head of the Department of Public Safety got a, ra a raise, then you've been missing for the past year. You know, stuff like a congressional report on negligence and people dying and kids dying and stuff like that. The head of the DPS got a raise this year. That's my tweet. What does that performance review look like? And I'm not kidding when I tweet, why don't you read that to the victims' families? How do they feel today? So on Twitter, it's at Jeff Ward Show, or X, or whatever it's called today, I don't know. That's at Jeff Ward Show. Uh, make sure you check out the show podcast. We drop the podcast each afternoon. You can get the Jeff Ward Show podcast wherever you download your podcasts. Make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel as well. We drop that each afternoon also. Uh, check it out. If I say Deion Sanders, it's almost to the point that you might be tuning out. Don't. I know that it feels like a lot of Deion Sanders noise, but let me give you a different take on all things Deion Sanders and his impact. I'm going to come at this a different way, and I think you can appreciate this even more. The USA Today headline is this. Deion Sanders is the most famous football coach ever. Duh. 
I don't even know if anyone's even close. By the way, who would be number two, given that Deion Sanders is the most famous football coach ever? Has there ever been? I don't even know this answer. I don't know if there's ever even been a famous football coach, not even close to Deion Sanders. He has, what, now three decades of star power, and he knows how to use it and is using that star power better than anyone. He knows it. He uses it. He sells it. You know all this stuff now. So I want you to appreciate a couple numbers. Then we're going to get into the real impact, the real important part of the Deion Sanders story that I think is just now starting to be realized. And that is something many of you know, you should know. He's a disruptor. He's a disruptor in an industry that has never been disrupted. And it's pretty cool. Just to put in perspective what a rock star he is. And I do think there's more to it than just crazy numbers. The Colorado, Colorado State game, which no one has a clue, no one cares about Colorado State. It was a double overtime win over Colorado State in Boulder. It had 11.1 million viewers. Okay? Now, you would say that's not NFL-type numbers. Not quite, no, but it's a really big number. The game kicked off after 10 o'clock on the East Coast. It is now the most watched ESPN game, not just this year, but of all time. How about this? On Sunday, if you're watching, I guess it was, the, uh, you're watching the promos, I think it was the Cowboys game. At every 45 seconds, it felt like there was another 60 minutes promo of the interview with Deion Sanders. Okay? Um, you think that didn't matter either? You think they weren't, they weren't uh, happy to see Colorado beat Colorado State? How about this? The 60 minutes interview with Deion Sanders. It had, the segment alone, had 2 million views on YouTube. They also, apparently on Sunday 60 Minutes, also had an interview, it's kind of important stuff, the Ukrainian president. That had 190,000 views. (laughs) Got it? Everything he touches is becoming a big deal. There's not been anyone with the rock star power like Deion Sanders. He's been a rock star for, what, 30 years now? A big big chunk of our lives? That's not the most significant part of the story. I mean, it's a part, and it's pretty remarkable, and I don't think anybody saw it becoming this big. The more impactful thing about Deion Sanders, far more impactful than his star power, is he's a disruptor and he knows it okay i want you to think about and you maybe can't fully appreciate this but he's turned an industry on its head okay now disruption is always healthy but you have to understand the the world of college football has never been disrupted it doesn't change it's the same old white people for decades And then when they go away, another group of old white men take over the industry. He's a disruptor in a sport, in an industry that has never had any disruption. It's a sport, and this is what I'm saying is his biggest impact. And 
where it goes, I don't know. I'm just telling you he's turned it on its head. It's a sport that is governed by out-of-touch, middle-aged white men. A bunch of bureaucratic stiffs. It's a sport that is coached by overpaid, all-too-powerful, disconnected, older white guys. It's a sport in an industry that is owned. And I'm not using that term loosely. What I'm talking about is the people that sit in the skyboxes. For that matter, people that even sit in the stands. Think about this. It's a sport that is owned by wealthy white alumni, but played by young black men from completely different worlds. The industry of college football, professional college football, and this is not new, by the way, trust me, it's not new, is at some level it's kind of icky to think that the industry, how the industry is run, how the money is made and by whom, and then who it is that's playing the sport. They are totally disconnected. So Deion Sanders is shaking the industry at its core. He really is. And he's doing it, this is another part that's pretty amazing, and he's doing it in arguably the most unlikely place, Boulder, Colorado. Okay? What's the deal with Boulder? Boulder is a smaller version of an of Austin when it was granola before the hipsters and um, executives took over. Boulder is a much smaller version of old hippie Austin, Granola Austin. It's one of the least, Boulder is, one of the least diverse places in the country, along with Austin being the least diverse place you can imagine. That's what's even more amazing about his disruption. So, in Lost, in a lot of this stuff, you know, everyone's into the rock star part of this, and the numbers, and the money, and you know, the sidelines. But Lost in all this is his impact. And I think he knows exactly what it is. In fact, he said it over the weekend. It's the most important part of the Deion Sanders story. And where he goes beyond this, I'm not sure. But this is why, as you watch this industry of college football, um, watch how uncomfortable it is. Because they don't know what to do or say with a guy that has completely disrupted the business. There was a headline, and it read this way. Deion Sanders is making Colorado, this is what he said, okay? He's making Colorado black America's team. Now, I don't think that's something to laugh off, and I don't think it's a throwaway line. I think he's very serious about it, and guess what? He's right, and it matters a lot. He's making Colorado black America's team. He even even knows and even talked about this. He even talked about black viewership for Colorado games and how bigger it is than anywhere else. That is the disruptor part. It's a old, stiff, bureaucratic white guy industry funded by old, bureaucratic, stiff, rich, old white men. And now this guy's disrupted it and even knows he's disrupting it. Now, the buzzkill is going to be when they start losing. But it's not going to minimize the, the impact he's had at the core of this industry that hates change, hates different people, wants no part of change. So he knows. He knows what he's doing to the industry. Um, and it's not just the networks being happy. 
he's shaking the thing at its core. Now, they're going to start losing, I think. Um, you know, the fact that they've won three already is is pretty remarkable, given how crappy that program was just a year ago, just six months ago. It was a terrible program. One of the worst in the country. So they go on a stretch where they're going to end up probably losing six games. They have six ranked teams left on their schedule, and they're probably going to get beat. So I don't know if the buzz and the rock star power starts to minimize it all, but the core impact, the impact that he's had, the disruptor part of it on turning the industry on its head, as he said, I mean, I mean, what a statement. And he's not kidding about this. And I think it's very true that he's turned Colorado, turned Colorado into black America's team. That is a brilliant statement. And remember, the industry is not, it's not, the industry is run by old white men. It's played by young black guys from all over the country. He knows exactly what he's doing. He knows exactly who he's talking to. He knows exactly who he's selling to, and it matters. Now you're probably going to say, wait a minute, there's just a bunch of people talking. Yes, there's Jeff talking, then some dudes from ESPN talking, then Jeff talking again. This is what life is like when you're off the grid and have no internet or any capability whatsoever. It's, uh, it's pretty amazing, isn't it, how to switch back and forth between voices? You know, through the years, I'm uh, not much of a scientist, to be honest, but I have floated an idea for several years that uh, bother, has bothered a lot of people, and I've admitted all along, I had no data to back myself up. But I feel as if it's now, I'm getting closer to that Nobel Prize. My idea, theory, excuse me, theory for years has been, you know, there must be some connection. Yeah, I'm going cause and effect here. Some connection between fast food and psychosis. And I say that because I've said it about Waco. I think it's a crazy place, but it appears as if there's nothing but fast food there, right? Every 10 feet, there's another fast food place. I've, it doesn't matter how fast or slow you go, there's nothing there, seemingly nothing there, but fast food. And a lot of crazy stuff happens. So I just put the two together and have offered up the uh, politically incorrect scientific take that... In Waco, there's got to be a connection between fast food, which is all that's there and that's all people eat and visitors eat, and the next thing you know, crazy stuff happens. And people are upset and angry at me. I said, well, I, I, you're right. I can't back myself up except other than to say, well, I mean, it feels like there's at least a correlation between fast food and craziness because that's Waco. I feel like I'm getting closer to it. I mean... I feel like when the journal, what is the exact title here? Oh, yeah. Okay, the, what is JAMA? The Journal of American, is that the American Medical Association? Whatever the medical journal says, scientists link ultra-processed foods to depression. I take it a step further and say psychosis. Here you go. Um, Eating ultra-processed foods, defined as energy-dense and ready-to-eat items, in particular artificial sweeteners and artificially sweetened beverages, has been found to be associated with increased depression risk. i give you Waco. Now, but Jeff, where are you on this spectrum here? I mean, what, what kind of uh, psychological manual do you have? I have none. 
I'm just saying that I think this is getting closer and closer to being somewhat true. I, I'm not saying the people of Waco are depressed. I'm saying there appears to be a connection between fat, junk food, massive amounts of junk food. Is there a place that's got a higher concentration of junk food on the planet than Waco? Correct? It's three things. Highways, exhaust, and fast food. And then guess what? You got some weird behavior that goes with that. If you want to say it's not quite psychosis, I'll challenge that. Now they say ultra-processed foods linked to depression. There. I know, I know, it's not exact. I never pretended to be exact. But I'm starting to think I may not be all that far off. I don't know why they just studied women. You can do with that whatever you want. Um, the paper found that women, this is the JAMA Network, okay? The paper found that women who ate the highest level of ultra-processed food had a 50% higher risk of developing depression hmm. compared, to, compared with women that ate the lowest amount. Now, again, if you take the standard diet in Waco, Texas, it is 98% ultra-processed food. I don't know what the average intake of French fries is per week in Waco, but it's got to be off the charts because that's all there is. That's all you can eat there. Uh, how about this? Here you go. Andrew Chan, professor of medicine at Harvard Medical School and a physician at Massachusetts General Hospital. I think the, Dr. Chan probably knows what he's talking about. Says there have been several studies which have supported an important role for diet and influencing the risk of depression. I wonder if he's going to study Waco. I wonder if he's going to go, you know what? That talk show host wasn't that far off. I need to take a look at this. He's going to go spend a few weeks there, and then he's going to realize I can't eat or eat vegetables. There have been scant data about what specific elements of diet may, may med mediate that association. We conducted a comprehensive study which assessed whether ultra-processed foods may influence risk of developing depression several years later. Uh-huh. Study looked at th the diets of 31,712 women aged 42 to 62. Doctor, if you would go to Waco and just study the entire population, you're going to win a Nobel Prize. I'm telling you, man. They found that some foods, including artificial sweeteners and artificially sweetened beverages, were particularly bad regarding depression risk. Yeah. I <laughs> mean... I mean, it's, uh, you feel terrible. Imagine living in Waco where that's all you eat and drink for months at a time, if not years in some cases. I know, I know, it's not exact. I know. It's getting closer, though. It's getting closer, everyone. Uh, where is the Nobel Prize? Is that in Nor is it in Oslo? Is that where you pick it up? Huh, okay. Just throwing it out there one more time that maybe, just maybe, I'm not that far off. All right, you want to reach out on Twitter uh, and talk about confusing all this is because you can't tell which dudes are talking when at Jeff Ward show that's at Jeff Ward show uh, by the way you should share my tweet about the head of the DPS getting a raise there was a column it, which should be required reading for everyone in the state of Texas it's a very good column today statesman.com where she points out how outrageous it is that the head of the DPS got a $45,000 raise. If it was a four, the fact that he's employed is outrageous. Outrageous. It's disgusting. Pathetic. 
he's employed, that he didn't lose his job when a congressional report said the negligence led to death. You know, most people, when your performance review says people died because of you, pretty much lose your job usually. Rarely do you get. Rarely, if on your performance report says your negligence led to death, rarely do you get keep your job, and rarely do you ever get a raise, in particular $45,000 raise. (laughs) Every time in this state we say, that's disgusting. That's now come on, that's disgusting. That is disgusting. And the fact that no one, certainly with an R next to their name, certainly not the governor's office, that's your guy, man. I dare you, dare you to make an argument publicly why that man deserves to one, keep his job, and number two, get a raise. All right, responding to that other show that's playing during my show, <laughs> because that's what we're doing. Now, that's the ESPN reporter talking. She covers college football, and she's right. Everything is about Deion Sanders. It's his world. It's his season. The buzz is going to – the buzz kill is coming, though. I, she said they lose the next two games. I think they probably – it's not even a bad year if they only lose five of the next seven. Uh, a six-loss season is pretty remarkable by itself. That's worthy of a statue. But they're, they're going to get rolled a few times just because they just don't have the players. Here's the thing in in this season, this early season. I was saying this stuff last year, but I guess it's now starting to sink in. Is the fact that Deion Sanders has monopolized the rating cycle, the news cycle, viewership, listenership. He's, he's monopolized. He's got all the oxygen. Does that help or hurt Alabama and Nick Saban? I, I, I go back and forth on that. Why, why would I be saying that? Well, I, I, she's right. I mean, she said, and I think she's probably right about this, that, that Ole Miss probably beats Alabama. And they were the thing is, they were lucky not to lose more last year. And that's with the first two players taken in the draft. They lose in Austin if they don't have the best quarterback in the game a year ago. He just saved their ass in Austin. Probably saved their ass a few other times. So you take Bryce Young out of it. They, 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 they weren't, they have talent. They don't play well. And they have talent again. They don't play well. So I'm really wondering if, if Alabama and Saban and the quarterback problems and how that team just feels like it's mismanaged, it looks like it's mismanaged at times, they're kind of a mess all the way around just like they were a year ago, just like it. Does Deion Sanders and his rock star attraction put more pressure on Bama and Saban? Look, Saban Saban can say blank you and walk away tomorrow, and he's still going to be the game's best coach of all time. He's going to, I don't know that these numbers, these championships that he's putting up are going to be touched again. And don't say Deion Sanders. So the, the legacy of Saban, if they, if they lose every single game this year, the, the legacy of Saban, to be fair, needs to stay. And, and you, know, you can't take it away from the guy. I mean, he goes to LSU, wins a championship, goes to Bama, wins a championship. So, you know, he, he's, he's made his point. My question is, 
would we be talking more about it? Would there be more, would, would there be people other than me saying this for the past, going on a year now, God, they're not very good. They're kind of a mess. They don't, look how penalized they are. They don't look very well coached. If Deion Sanders wasn't the rock star that he is now, would that be more of a story? Would there be, I think so, would there be more focus on Bama now lo- probably losing to Ole Miss and a few others? Or does the fact that Deion Sanders, because I wonder this about, about anybody in the coaching business now, and that is his ridiculous success already, does that make, put more pressure on, or does it take it away because he's <coughs> monopolized the news cycle? Which one is it? For Saban, for Jimbo Fisher? I mean, you know, if there's ever a time to say, boy, thank goodness I'm not the top story, you, now's the time because he, Deion Sanders is not the top story. He's the top 15. Is that taking away from the criticism of the focus of sketchy performances at Alabama and more than sketchy, downright awful performances at A&M? Are Jimbo Fisher and Nick Saban this year somewhat grateful that Deion Sanders has sucked up all the oxygen. Are they lucky that Deion Sanders is the rock star and only story of this college football season? Got it? 512-834-1027. You want to respond on Twitter or X or whatever we call it today? It is at Jeff Ward Show. Now streaming on ESPN+. Plus. The hunt for October continues on ESPN Radio. Swing and a miss, and it's over! It's a three-team fight for the American League West title, and two of them go head-to-head this weekend in Arlington, Texas, when the Mariners face the Rangers. And every game is critical. And this place is going bananas! The Mariners at the Rangers. Coverage begins Friday at 7.30 Eastern and Saturday at 6.30 Eastern on ESPN Radio. You can also listen on the ESPN app and on your smart speaker. Versus Joe on ESPN Radio. Very soon, this Bear front office is going to start getting the message out there. Justin Fields isn't their guy. They didn't draft him. They inherited him. Now that this is going south with Fields, they need to go ahead and draft their own guy so they can really move this in the right direction. You heard it here first. That's how it's going to play out in Chicago. Carlin versus Joe. Weekdays at noon Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. Sunday, October 1st at 9.30 a.m. Eastern, live from London and exclusively on ESPN+. Kyle Pitts and the Falcons take on Trevor Lawrence and the Jaguars at historic Wembley Stadium. Grab your morning tea and get ready for football. Falcons-Jaguars, Sunday, October 1st at 9.30 a.m. Eastern. Go to ESPNplus.com to watch. Will they find a home? Sponsored by Geico. Susan has always wanted to live in a chateau. I like a certain je ne sais quoi. While Jake is more into the Cape Cod style home. It's a classic look. Compromise is tough, but these two won't have to compromise when they bundle home and car insurance with Geico. It's easy and they can save even more. In the end, Susan and Jake found a Cape Cod style home where they will only speak French. Bonjour, je t'aime, uh, merci beaucoup, and uh, cordon bleu. You'll get better with time. Bundling without compromise at geico.com eBay Motors is here for the ride. 
120,000 miles of night drives, daily commutes, and who knows how many. Are we there yet? Through countless fixes, elbow grease, and a new radiator, you kept your ride alive. With eBay Motors, you have over 122 million parts to keep it running. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, they'll be the perfect fit every time. Plus, at these prices, well, we're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. At the Home Depot, Saturdays are about two things. The one-of-a-kind wood-fired flavor of a Traeger Ironwood XL grill. And football. That's right, Desmond Howard. Get fired up for the game in just a tap with Traeger's intuitive touchscreen. Then throw on your favorites and monitor the grill from anywhere with Wi-Fi technology. So you spend less time staring at the grill. Which means more time for football. For football. Upgrade your Saturday with Traeger and the Home Depot. How doers get more done. All right, team. Apps on the table by 7.30 sharp. Jalen and his catering company have a lot on their plate. Really particular. He needs a bigger team to continue climbing up the food chain. Got this event. And Mitch, was that a contract for 200 or 250 people? Indeed can help him hire great people fast. I need Indeed. Indeed you do. Our hiring platform is... Hey, Jeff Ward here as we move our way back and forth between voices and commercials and not commercials and other shows. It's the way it works when you have no internet. I joked and said hacked. <laughs> Apparently, I was not wrong. All right, Chris. You're on the Jeff Ward Show. Go ahead, Chris. Hey, how's it going? Hi there. Yeah, um, well, I'm not trying to be negative about it. I did watch the first game for Colorado just because it was interesting, and it was the first week and yeah. pretty much the first game of the whole season. Yep. I watched the game, and, it, you know, but his, 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 his rise to fame... I have a feeling it's gonna it's gonna fall just as fast, and not only that, the next big program, which probably will call next year after this season, he's gone. We, I think, I, mean, I think we all know better that he'll he'll take off for a bigger program than Colorado because at first Colorado had a hard time just coming up with the salary. Yeah, no, that, that that's did. true. I mean that that is uh, I'm, no, but that is true. That a lot of people, well, that that's what makes what he's doing there even more impressive they not only didn't care about football they didn't even have the money to pay him and they had to scrounge it up between people but but keep, keep going with your thought i'm i uh you think he's gone because they run him out or you think he's gone because he hung up uh, okay um a few things I, th- I i take it you meant he's gone because someone's going to hire him away yeah um, and whoever it is is going to make a run at him. I mean, I think that's another fascinating part about this season. You just have to sit here and now watch programs, and I think what we better do, Saban joked and said, laughed off the idea that he would be done after this year. Nick Saban is not going to get fired, okay? I don't care if they lose every game and their quarterback play gets however it can happen, even worse. You can't fire Nick Saban. Um, but I, I, I don't know, I don't know who makes a run at Deion Sanders. The obvious topic is going to be A&M. A bunch of things there. Before we even get to how, how that marriage could even coexist in that town at that school is pretty difficult to comprehend. I don't see how they can pay off Jimbo Fisher and then pay Deion Sanders. Here's the thing. You're right about this. Um, I've watched the games, and they are 
they're super skillful. His son is legitimate. His son is, I, I assume, the second or third quarterback. I, I second or third quarterback coming off the board in the NFL draft. Uh, maybe even the second. Caleb Williams goes one, and then Drake may maybe the other, and then Shitter or Sanders. I, I I think that's the way it probably plays out. He's the real deal. You're you're right. I think they're going to get rolled by the line is twenty one. The Oregon's going to roll them. Other physical teams are going to shove them around. I mean, the benefit that Deion Sanders has had is that he has played a TCU team that's built a lot like the Colorado team. It's skillful. It's quick. And it's not more skillful and quick than Colorado. They play a Colorado State team. You know, they beat up on a Nebraska team that's just trash. They're not any good. They have no speed at all. Uh, they, they're, they're a bad football team. And then Colorado State, you know, played them in double overtime with a bunch of cheap shots. So, yeah, I mean, you're right. I mean, it's not, they're not that good. But compared to where they were, you know, I just I don't think many people realize how bad, how awful – they were. They lost 11 games by an average of 26 points. They were, some people say, the worst team in all of football a year ago. The fact that they've won three. If they win six, I said before the season started, they win five, it would be a miracle. They win six, which I think they might now, is, is remarkable. Um, yeah, I don't... I, I don't see Saban stepping down this year. I just don't. I don't. In fact, I see Deion Sanders back at Colorado next year because I don't know what. You're right. Someone's going to make a run at him. They should. A and M should. Uh, I just don't think A and M can do it right now. And I'm not sure. That would be an interesting move. That you cannot get away from the politics of Texas A and M. Why can I say that? Because they just had to settle a lawsuit with a black professor who they called woke. It's not a good fit. And there's no way they can spend the money to make a run at Deion Sanders and fire Jimbo Fisher this year. So, you know, I I think he's back in Colorado next year. He He made a comment, I assume it was a joke, that his son is gonna stay there. Kid, you do that, you're crazy. You're crazy. I don't care that your dad's the coach. I don't care what you got to go get your money, man. You got to go get paid. And Deion Sanders knows that. Um, now I like. I mean, I hear you. I the buzz kill is coming. The shine is going to be off after a few weeks. They're going to start losing. They're going to get rolled a few times. And I think um, you know. I think the world will settle down a little bit. But go back to what I said to start this show that has now has a bunch of voices and stuff and no sound. Um, his biggest impact is he's disrupted that entire industry. He said it himself, and I think it is a, you know, he's easy to, he's eat, a lot of us for a long time would laugh him off as nothing but a showman. I think he's now winning the day and proving that's not true. And so his comment that he's turned Colorado into black America's team, I think is true and I think is brilliant. The dude knows exactly where he is and what he's doing. I, I mean, I, I hadn't thought about that, but the numbers back him up. And it's an industry of young black men. That's it. 
I mean, and he's winning the day. He's what every middle-aged white recruiter would like to be. He's crushing them, and he gets it. And the fact that it's Boulder, which is Austin 35 years ago, makes it even more amazing. So that, that's the part I think that people probably don't quite get that I think is most fascinating, that that industry has its greatest disruptor, its only disruptor, in decades. Decades. He's, he's, he's done that to that business, just turned it on its head. All right, 512-834-1027. Let's see the phones work. There's that. This is old school, man. This is like, this is old school. There's no, I feel like I'm on at 4 a.m. I'm like, uh, let's see, who did I used to listen to when I wouldn't sleep at night? Clock radio. What would the lineup be? It would be uh, Bruce Williams, <laughs> Larry King, and Dr. Demento. I don't think they had any sound effects. There was no music. It was just Larry King. You could hear him sucking on the cigarettes. It was so quiet. That's what this is. This is radio at 4 a.m.